So me and my girlfriends, we would go to this club all the time. And um, I met this male dancer guy and I just thought to myself like, oh, he's a dancer, I'm a dancer. What a great mix. You know, we could be something, but I really didn't think we were serious. So when I went to LA, I was kind of talking to him. We were, were only together two weeks prior. Um, yeah, I, I fucked guys. I was doing adult films, but I told him I was doing modeling. Um, he picked me up from the airport. Um, I changed my hair color from blonde to black that day when he picked me up. Um, and I think I did that because of... I just didn't want to be that person anymore that why I went to LA for I've seen girls in LA get upset and get mad um, because they messed up a shoot or they didn't do something properly and I was just like looking like what the hell am I doing here I was with big girls um, not big girls but like famous people today um, you could look up Memphis Monroe I stayed with her at her house. You can look up um, this uh, Oriental girl. Her name was Kat. I stayed with her. Sasha Knox. I stayed with her. Um, there was another girl. Um, Shauna Banks. I lived with her. Um, just big names. Um, I stayed with those girls. Well, anyway. I told one of my best friends, who I thought it was one of my best friends, <clears throat> yeah, I have like a huge heart and forgiving soul, and unfortunately, anyone that does me wrong, I, back in the day, I used to just, like, whatever, you know, I always wanted to fit in, and I always wanted friends and stuff like that, and so she did me dirty, and I still hung out with her, right, because I'd known her. For a long time. Well, anyway, she went behind my back and told the guy I was seeing, um, the male dancer, and uh, and just the way he got. And he was a Philadelphia boy, just like my first daughter's father. Um, and and I, I got scared, and I I never really felt like that before. Um, and, but I, I got scared and all my friends would always tell me like, leave this guy, leave this guy, leave this guy, leave this guy. I spent nine years of my life living in a circle rotation with this guy. I have no idea what the fuck I was thinking. Yeah, he looked okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it was more of girls wanting him that attracted me at the time or maybe the situation he was doing to get money is was the situation I was doing to get money um so anyway um when my friend told him lord the whole town that I grew up with um knew I had guys asking my autograph they bought my magazines or they bought the dvds and I just felt embarrassed because, like I said, I just didn't want nothing to do with it anymore. It just, it made me wake up and not realize, like, 
okay, I'm not doing this. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, when the guy, he took me to a playground in his car and he asked me, what did you really go out there for? And right then and there, I knew somebody told him. So I was scared. So I told him the truth. As I'm already saying half of it, he punches me in the side of my fucking face. He punches me in the front of my fucking face. Grabs me and puts me in the middle of the console between the two front seats. As he's holding me there, choking me, putting his hand over my mouth, and me screaming and trying, and I couldn't move because I'm pinned between the two seats. He let me up. His whole face changed and he's seen. I was bleeding. I had choke marks around my neck. <coughs> um, I, I lied to him and I said, take me to your house. I want to get my stuff and I'm leaving. Um, as I'm trying to open his car door, we're at a playground and he's like, I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you. Okay. All right. Chill. Let's stop. As we get to his house, I open the door and I ran so fast into his mom's house and I went to his mom and his dad and I just cried in their lap and I was just shocked I couldn't talk and they just seen his hand marks on my neck and he fled and he left. I didn't call the cops. I let that day go. Not thinking that there was going to be another day when he calls and begging for me to come back. Um, as we, um, go forward to the future and stuff like that, and he tells me sorry, and I said, I was sorry, and it's my fault. He made me feel like it was my fault. <sighs> he was never faithful in the beginning, and I was just stuck. My mom gave us a thousand dollars. That was probably the only time my mom ever gave us, me, money to start my own life. She gave me money for this apartment that me and him pretty much redid from the walls to the floor. And it's an apartment we were renting, but we redid the whole thing. It, it turned out awesome. But we, we did it because of our dancing money. Well, most of my money. And, um, I was only there on the weekends because I had my daughter at my grandma's. I wasn't going to leave my, my daughter, you know? Um, so days I would come back home, I would find our pictures flipped around our pictures flat or, you know, just little things. And then I just started picking up. Um, so one day I found... I believe it was a pad in our or our trash can and I kind of freaked out. He would just tell me lie after lie after lie after lie after lie. I even had girls describe my house, describe where I lived. Um, and I was just so naive, so fucking naive, so gullible. I, I don't know what it was and it was just insane. It gave me more anxiety. That's where a lot of my PTSD, a lot of my, a lot of my um, traumas came into play. 
um, bringing from my childhood, bringing it out and placing it all with that. That is where it all came from. So when I freaked out about the pad, I didn't even drive at the time. Um, he told me he would take me home the next day. Um, I screamed so loud. I just wanted to go home. He unplugged all the phones. And I'm telling you, I would find phone numbers. I would hack into his phone because we had the razors back in the day, the razor cell phones. I would hack into them and find these numbers. I would write it down and place it in my makeup because that's not somewhere he's going to check. And he would check for phone numbers, making sure I didn't have any of these girls' phone numbers. Um, <clears throat> my phone had to be on, but his phone can be sleeping next to or off or whatever it was. And um, that day when I just screamed about the pad and I just wanted to leave, he, I seen his fist bulging and he cocked me. I flew onto the bed. He dragged me off to the bed as I tried running off of the bed and placed me down onto the ground. I remember my knee um, hit the bedpost and it was like gushing blood. I always had like this, this scar from it. Um, and he was just choking me. I passed out, woke up to him, his big hand over my mouth and my nose. Again, he finally snapped out of it. He said, I can leave. And then he wouldn't let me leave. And then he said, I can leave. And then I just grabbed my stuff and I, I hold ass. He hopped into his car and he, he like left. Well, our neighbor from upstairs, this guy, um, he would just tell me like all the girls that would come by. Yeah, maybe he liked me or whatever, but it was just, when I tell you it was nothing like that at all. It was just more of someone to spy and let me know what was going on in my home. Um, so when he punched me, um, he called the cops on himself. I didn't even call the cops. I had an investigator come up in an unmarked car and just looked at me and said, where is he? And I described the car. Um, he took me to the hospital and the first person I called was my cousin, Cabrina. Um, she was always there for me and she was like my second mom I always said that my first mom is my grandma but she was like my second mom um so when he when he did that um they took pictures um I did a temporary restraining order but the state took over but eventually I got somehow I got it dropped um cause he would still have friends connect to me and I would still somehow talk to him um, from that, um, I could tell you we would go to this Chinese place for swords because he loves swords. I remember one time I was in the passenger and he was just doing it for fun and we weren't even arguing. He wanted to see, he stabbed me in my left leg and only just a little bit of the sword kind of went in. I kind of didn't feel it. But my legs started gushing. Um, my light blue jeans, you could just see how red they just started getting on my left side. He immediately pulled up to his house and made me take them off to throw them away and put a different pair on. Um, every apartment, we, we lived in one, two, three, 
four different places in Philadelphia. I finally got my own apartment in New Jersey and I left him. He kind of tried staying, but I didn't want him to stay. Um, I had this one guy, cop friend, who always checked on me because he never even liked him anyway. I got pregnant and I wasn't sure if it was his or my first daughter's father. And it was just um, an up in the air thing. Now, previous, before Kira, my, my middle child, um, I had a, 11 abortions and two miscarriages in my entire life before Kira. After Kira, I've never had an abortion. But, um, yeah, I was going to abort her and I reached out to all my church family, all my church friends. Um, this one girl, her name's Nancy and she stuck out and she took me places to beg me, not beg me, but tell me there was just more into life because I wasn't sure who was the father. I took my chance. I have her today um, and I just wasn't sure because I slept with my oldest daughter's father two weeks prior than when I seen him um, well today it doesn't even matter who's the father my, my husband today adopted her and she is his so there is that but, um, it's just still traumatizing because he went behind my back and took, um, a paternity test and, um, he knew she was not his, the Spanish guy. And, um, it broke my heart for his family more than him, himself. <coughs> his family just... They were just always there. Well, anyway, therefore, um, so when he found out he was at work, when he called me and let me know, I immediately knew how he switches and how I knew I had to pack me and my girl's stuff up, leave all my belongings, leave all my furniture, leave everything. So I packed my SUV with my kids clothes and my kids and we never even looked back um he was a gaslighter he was mental abusive he was physical abusive he was everything you can imagine i just hope today he found peace and love and happiness or what the fuck ever but um he just made me crazier. <laughs> like, literally. I watched him hook up with a female in front of me. And he told me I didn't see it. That is exactly... I, I just don't know how somebody does that to somebody. And... He would also... Oh, I forgot I even left this out. He would force sex. When I didn't want sex. 
I had to have sex with him because if I didn't, I slept with somebody else or he would know the difference or something like that. It was just wild. I had to hide my money in my car because he took all my money from dancing nights. I wasn't doing bachelor parties anymore. I wasn't allowed. I, I worked at clubs where we wore a bikini attire. There was only two clubs I worked at that allowed that. That would be cheerleaders in Philadelphia and cheerleaders in New Jersey. And um, you know, and it was just wild. I worked at um, a club at Penthouse um, just to spy on him because he was a um, security there. And he already left. So I want to know, like, the deets. Um, you know, I got the deets. But anyway, um, I packed up me and my kids' stuff, and we left. I went to my grandmom's house. I never even turned back. Um, he did call me multiple times to beg me, but I never... I stuck with my instinct this time because I was like, he's going to kill you. and No one's going to find you. That's all my other Christique just kept saying. And, um, so when that happened, um, I stayed with my grandma for three to four months. And then my husband, but at the time was just a friend. I found out he came home from jail four months later. And then we'll get to that segment. <laughs> 